you've got a long time association with Arsenal Football Club. We've just done the call together. We've just come through the celebrating Liverpool fans to get to pitch side here. Have you seen anything worse than that in person since you retired from the club? No, quite, it's quite simple. It, it, it's not a difficult statement to make. That's the worst I've seen. And I've seen a few bad ones, seen a few good ones as well. Brilliant performance against Chelsea last year in the FA Cup final. But that was abject. Every single one of them should be made to, given a train ticket, and be made to go home with the fans on the train and talk to them all because that was just embarrassing. I was embarrassed through commentary up there and, and I shouldn't be, you know, you should, they should, you should be able to take a positive out of, of any game and say, yeah, he did well, that, that was good, the shape was all wrong, we were outnumbered in midfield, the tactics was wrong from Arsene, uh, the players didn't give it their all, right from minute one, they didn't close the ball, every single part of their game was off. And, they, and we've, I've been here and got beat 4-0. And, and, I, and I've come off gone, I could have done better. Didn't play well today, but I've never come off and, and been embarrassed. I'd have been embarrassed if I'd have been a player to come off there today. Yeah. It, it was an embarrassment. Lee, uh, Phil, what do you think? I feel sad. I'm a Manchester United supporter. I, I grew up challenging Arsenal all my, all my life, and I, I feel quite sad watching that. I can't see any positive. I saw things on that football pitch today that that every Arsenal supporter in that away end and watching around the world and former players like Lee who are legends at the club must make their blood boil. Honestly, I, I, I thought it was a disgraceful performance. Lack of effort, lack of quality, no system. Mm. I mean, Lee talks about it. It's not about systems today. So it's about fight, determination, desire. Absolute none of that today. That's yeah, sorry about the silence. It just... I don't have any comments on this, man. I don't know what to say. Well, we've been here before, haven't we? Feels like this moment has been happening before. Is that a deja vu? Yeah, in a way. Kind of. Is this entire episode going to be a deja vu? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you heard the comments there. The funny thing is, for me, is it seems like Arsenal is having... Worst game ever, every year, every mm. season. Seems like they 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 come up against a big team that means business and get completely embarrassed. And we say this is worst performance I've ever seen Arsenal play. And the next year we do it again. We can look back two years ago and we've said it again. Three years ago we've said it then too. So it just happens over and over and over again, man. Ah, uh, the disappointment, man. It's kind of like reached its bottom. So now, it's now it's almost like it's not disappointing anymore. It's not disappointing anymore. <laughs> it's, just, it's almost like whatever almost yeah. it came that low. Yeah, really, it's like inevitable. I mean, beforehand, again the formation, the player yeah. selection, and uh, keeping Lacazette on the bench, yeah. keeping Kolasinac on the bench, <laughs> and it's it just so odd selections. You know, I mean, like. I think it's almost like that, you know, you, it's almost like someone, it's almost like he's doing it on purpose to, I mean, I can't say it obviously, but like, it's almost like he's, he's trying to ruin mm. what he has. And instead of putting in the best team, the best players and kind of build on something, we always see new players in new positions or again Bellerin on the left. Yeah. You know? Right. 
And when you have Kolasinac, like we said. And the week before, he didn't have Holding, Holding in the squad. Now he started. Mm. I mean, mm. it's such a wild that it's almost like those space videos when you see like um, how big the space is. So you cannot really comprehend how big the universe is, right? It's kind of like here too. My brain cannot comprehend or understand why Wenger is doing his job like this. I mean, the biggest ones for me were not including Kolasinac and Lacazette. Yeah. The two big signings that have looked good yeah. so far. Uh, I mean, last season he did the same thing at Anfield, right? Not having Sanchez <laughs> start for whatever reason. Now he doesn't have Lacazette start. And then the other big one, questionable decision that uh, I hear a lot of people bring up is having Aaron Ramsey start yeah. in midfield, which... It was the wrong decision, ultimately. But I think that's something, like, I can understand if Venko was trying something there. Uh, Ramsey could, maybe could put pressure on them. He is that sort of person that likes to go forward and put pressure on you. But then, of course, as everyone says, and I agree, Ramsey moving forward leaves Shaka all alone to deal with two or three <laughs> Liverpool midfielders yeah. that love to eat up that space on the counterattack. And Shaka was just left out to dry there. He still did that passing mistake again. You know, he made a passing mistake and they got the ball and they scored on that. You know, they they, they dribbled and Cross came in and Firmino came with a perfect run. Yeah. You know, and again, like, it happened in the last two games too. My surprise was when Coquelin came in. Like, he really did good you know what i mean he put at least a little bit more stability so i'm like where has he been like in the preseason or you know we've been you know he's our basically only true defensive midfielder mm. that you know casemiro yeah. or or cantero i mean coquelin is the only one that we have and i would think that it's smart to have him on in a game like this mm. yeah perhaps i don't know where he's been lately either i believe he has been on the bench the last couple of games but he was for the last couple of seasons our you know, number one starter in that midfield like maybe yeah. we could groom him he wasn't he's not exactly like that Vieira that people have been screaming out for but maybe we could groom him groom him into that sort of role and he definitely was at least a nice option to have as a as that center defensive midfielder I keep saying I'm a massive fan of Shaka. Mm-hmm. I am. But he do, you're right. He does have, like, at least once a game, he just gives up. Ozil does it too, to be fair. And so mm-hmm. does several other players on the team. They just, for someone that's so good at passing the ball, at least once a game, he just makes this one really bad pass in his own half that sends the team on his way. I was thinking, I remember in the first half, there was one instance, and not just to pick on Shaka, but I guess that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> but like, it doesn't sound like I, I like him a lot. But there was one instance in the first half where Liverpool were pressing hard. Okay. And I can't remember, I think Koscielny wasn't able to clear it, or maybe Holding wasn't able to clear it. Uh, and so he kept trying to pass it yes, around, yes, and then yes. I think he got yeah. to check. Yeah. Or no, maybe maybe didn't get the check, but Shaka ended up getting the ball yeah. in his own byline. You remember, right? right. And he like tried to backheel it or he, something yeah, to check. Man. I think he just hit it right out for a corner. Yeah, like he he tried to backheel it when he could have just cleared it, cleared up. out. Right. And I mean, he went to corner that backheel. But yeah. who does that backheel? I you try it, you know. Look. Um, 
I mean, I've you know, what made this game so bad and so devastating and disappointing that it's even hard to talk about it was that Liverpool really dominated. You know, uh, we were always like five meters, five yards away from the players. We we were late into the pressure and they just had to pass it. We came up to the ball position guy and they passed it again. So we were always like a few steps behind and we couldn't build anything. We couldn't basically do any. So I mean, do you think that going into this game, there was actually a plan Wenger had and it just didn't work out and it just backfired at him or was it more like or was it more like uh, Arsenal just had a bad day uh, I would think I mean we, we say stuff like maybe Wenger it's almost like he's trying to prove a point or sabotage the club or whatever which is tough accusation crazy yes uh I don't know if it's true. I doubt it's true. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's what it seems like, right? Yeah. But, so no, I think he, he must have, every game I assume he goes in with a plan. Um, like I said, I think putting Ramsey there, I think that was certainly a strategic plan. I assume leaving, it just, that one just probably just didn't work out. I assume leaving Lacazette and Kolasinac on the bench, he had a reason for that. It was What's the very, reason? I have no idea. That one was just super dumb to me. Yeah. There's no excuse for that one, in my opinion. But like Ramsey, yeah, I think yeah, maybe just didn't work out. Uh, and Arsenal players just not being up to it again. Sanchez started his first mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. And, and you could see that he's not in like form, yeah, etc. Right. And at the same time, I think you could see once again how disappointed he was, big time, uh, and how he just wasn't always on the same page with everyone else, which happens quite a bit. I mean, this is what a coach does, right? You, especially after a season, you evaluate your players, your squad, what do you have? And then you say, okay, to be able to reach our goal, we need this. What do you need? You know what I mean? I need, let's say, last year we lacked in a good striker. I need a striker. I need to fill the left mid wing back position all right okay what else do you need a defender all right so if we get three really good players in this position then we should be able to reach goal right yeah um and it seems like he has done that with buying like i said in kolesinac uh-huh. and uh, but now it's such a crisis when you hear like Chamberlain is going to Chelsea and you you, you get his sold Gabriel mm-hmm. and now it is talks about Mustafi leaving for Inter or Juventus like Sanchez they just see they just uh, bid on Sanchez like 70 million pounds and a defender denier and I'm like mm-hmm. then a rumor came up with Borussia Dortmund once to have Ozil. Yeah. I mean, first day is the last day of the transfer window. Okay. And it is actually very scary to know, or I guess don't know what's going to happen until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
uh yeah i mean i guess you could also say the window is also open until then right <laughs> yeah. be positive maybe we'll yeah. be someone else that can help uh i don't think so though <laughs> i think finger's done i mean you're right he got the signings that it looked like we needed a solid striker a solid defender left wing back sort of player um but Wenger's definitely, well, you don't have to play them all the time. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to play all the time. Wenger's definitely very stubborn yeah. in his his ways. In that He may, I mean, he has a lot of pride, I think. He's not going to back down. He's going to do things his way, no matter what. And even though the science points, Lacazette, 23 goals or whatever last yeah. season in Liga. And Kolasinac, we saw how much, just look at him, how yeah. physical beast and he is and how much he works the first few games of the season. All the signs point that you need to play these two players. Yeah. Finger still will be, I don't know, he'll go against that and say, no, I'd rather put, trust, I know Bellerin should play left back. Exactly. And, uh, like an old school generation pride, like some of parents have. I know my dad is very stubborn, you know? Yeah. He's very stubborn and... Uh, you you know if he says something you kind of have to do it if he you know if if you don't then he's not gonna listen to you <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean yeah. is it that kind of old man maybe, generation yeah, maybe mentality he has maybe that's another reason that another reason that we can think that he's just past his prime because it just mm. doesn't work it worked it worked in the past he's yeah. so good in the past but he's just past it he's just you know past his prime I do want to look up potentially up. Uh, a little bit, hopefully. Well, how can you do that? I know, because well, I'm a delusional Arsenal fan, so okay. I gotta have some hope somewhere. And that hope would be last season when Arsenal, remember the, it was like October, we throttled Chelsea at the Emirates. Yes, we did. And all the way up until that point, Arsenal were solid, winning points, no matter, it didn't matter if it was ugly or beautiful. We're getting points, then it culminated with that destruction of Chelsea. That Arsenal doesn't win games like that against title rivals very often. Mm-mm. We destroyed Chelsea. Chelsea, on the other hand, going up to that game were they're in confusion, right. shambles. As Conte yep. wasn't able to get his message across, yeah. there wasn't enough uh, collaboration between mm-hmm. Conte and the board or whatnot. But then after that, after that game, after that game, everything flipped for Chelsea. One hundred eighty. Exactly, and they went on to storm to the title. Yes. So my only hope is that you know what this is the wake up call Arsenal need. They get it every year, but you know maybe now <laughs> Chelsea did it. it. Now Arsenal can turn things around and romp to the title. I mean, <laughs> you know, at least it is a possibility. Yeah. And we thank you for that statement. And uh, you know. And then you have fans that don't really appreciate or see progress or what they actually have and where they might go, right? This Liverpool fan called into a talk show and complained about Klopp's relationship with uh, uh, Saku and, you know, that he hasn't fixed this. And he was really disappointed at what Klopp is doing with the club. And uh, I, I, I... I thought Which it was strange. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that this opinion, I don't think it are many that have. I'll hear what this fan has to say in a bit. I'm sure. Yeah, you want to bring him up? I bring him up, man. Yeah, so I we mean, can start this episode with a laugh yeah, instead of. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. But I mean, right, right off the bat, 
I, Klopp's not the perfect manager, but he's already the best thing to happen to Liverpool he in is. a long time. Very so. long time. Um, Thank you and welcome to the Ozcotch and King Soccer, Soccer Podcast, Podcast Show. I'm fed up with Klopp, to be honest. I can't believe he brought in Robertson. He hasn't given him a chance. This Sacco incident, uh, nobody's even mentioning no more. I don't know what's going on. I, th- I thought he was one of our best uh, players last year. And he hasn't even given him a chance even to correct whatever issues they had between the pair of them. He hasn't addressed it. But our defence, mate, shambles, terrible, set plays, don't know where we're going. We're going backwards in my books. And as far as I'm concerned... Don't say it, Frank. No, no, I just, I just think he's got a go, mate, to be honest. I think <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? I remember my high school years, and when you go to high school, it's important years to decide where you want to go to college, if you will go to college. Yeah. And um, you decide on maybe a major or a school, and then you realize what it needs and takes to get into that school. And for that, you prepare and do your homework and you study and um, to actually get in there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, for some, they want to go to the best. For some, they want to stay in their hometown. And for some, they want to get into a program that is, you know, maybe a different city. But they all want to do it because they eventually think about their future future, right? Not college time, but what they want to really work with after college, mm-hmm. what they want to do with their lives, and because end of the day you occupy so much time work, right? Um, and there is like if you have a that ideal, that kind of mindset of goals, you know, some wants to be a CEO, some wants to be the best entrepreneur, some wants to you know go into the best schools, someone wants to get super rich, right? And what's behind all of this is ambition. Yeah. Right? There is one type of uh, ambition that you want to get somewhere. You want to get, you know, you want to achieve something and uh, accomplish something, right? And uh, when you don't have it, it is, uh, it could be very hard for you. But if you have at least a, a little bit picture, it helps, right? And uh, Liverpool for many years, you know, once Benitez kind of left the club, mm. had difficulties with, I would say, a little bit ambition. I mean, Liverpool is Liverpool. It's one of the biggest clubs in Europe, in Europe of all times. For a long time, Liverpool dominated European the European stage. And I... You know, we all remember when they won against Milan, when they lost against Milan in the Champions League final, final as well. And uh, then they had kind of dip, even yeah. though they had players like Fernando Torres, yeah. that was amazing. Oh yeah, together with uh, Gerard on oh, his yeah. top top career at the time, it was still like. Um, Just I don't know what it was. Uh, it was not really like a title challenging right. team. Yeah. Even though, you know, they are they are always going out for it, right? 
how did the years look after that, man? After Taurus and Gerard right. era. I mean, well, that time was exactly like you said. It was just sort of, I bet, unusual for the fans, seeing as they are so used to challenging for the league and challenging for the Champions League, always in the top four, yeah. challenging FA Cups, what have you, being among the pride of England. Yet, they were consistently getting these under managers, pretty established managers, well, established names. Like, yeah. You have Roy Hodgson, mm-hmm. uh, England manager, and you had Liverpool legend Kenny Dalglish, who yes. also managed in the past as well. But they were often get like sixth, seventh, eighth place, mm-hmm. which is unusual for them. Yeah. I mean, they had. The players they they went from having like they still had Gerard right and they had Torres for a time even though he would leave yeah uh but they went from having the likes of Gerard and Carragher was winding his way down towards the end of his career who was a really good player I mean one good player that valuable player was Dieter Hamann a leader right mm-hmm. Dieter yes. Hamann he 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 was definitely a, like a role model in that dressing room. Luis Garcia as yes. well uh, was like a cult hero for them as well. Uh, John Henry said there was like a new type of uh, uh, really like a powerful yeah. defender. Oh yeah, Kolasinac like I think. Yeah. Um, and as well you had like Steve Finnan on the right and Harry Kewell. Mm-hmm. So you had these top players for Liverpool that were established in, in uh strong solid players but also always like a a, a touch of like a very noticeable player too like morientes milan baros or gibrisizi i mean they tried to get in those players too yeah. not they didn't succeed all the time but they still but the ones that did were good for them yes very good and now not now but uh uh after that time say yeah. after that champions yeah. league final loss to milan they they would get Veronin. Veronin <laughs> from Ukraine. Oh my god. Um and Gog. Uh yeah, David. David. Yeah. David and Gog. <laughs> and Gog. <laughs> uh what's his name? Um, Tell me. Da, 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 Let's da, da, play da, da. the game. Who who did they have? Uh oh, I don't remember his name. But the uh winger, left winger. Shoot. Uh uh he also played for Besuktash, I believe. <laughs> uh, not English. He's Dutch. Babel, yeah. Ryan Babel, yeah. He I thought right? I thought you were gonna say it. I, I knew. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I, I got a striker. Another striker. He. I can't make it easy for you. I mean, he had a very noticeable goal celebration. Yeah, I'm drawing it. I'm drawing a blank. He moved to US. Okay, now I should know. <laughs> LA Galaxy. Okay. Are you kidding? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yes, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. I mean, that was a good sign. Should have been a good signing. I don't think he didn't do a whole lot for them. I think he's only we'll played like six games for them or so, or half a season, or more than six games. But um, I mean, it's that type of uh, quality players that we're talking about you know it, it, it's uh not a team that you actually build for a championship right 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 um and after 
And you know, even in, like play like Konchesky that was decided one of the worst signings ever in Liverpool's history. You have very short term plans right there, you know. It, not, not, it was not really long term idea in anything. When Brendan Rodgers came in, I felt like there was a different stability to this club now. I think so. I, uh, it took a bit of time for him as well. They still, I'm pretty sure they still will get that like sixth or seventh place mm-hmm. uh, after after he first joined in. But you know, there was a bit more optimism. I think, if I remember correctly, for a while, right? Yeah, no, right, no. Right. I think I he mean, was a good coach too. You I know, I mean, he had an idea, yeah, and style of play. But even Brendan Rodgers didn't really. Give the hope of like, ah, this year we're going to win. Especially after Fernando Torres left, who Torres was a superstar for Liverpool, then going to rivals Chelsea. Yes. Um, wow. uh, but it wasn't too long after that that the big signing came. This is once you started thinking, okay, maybe Liverpool are are on their way up. They are on their way to back back to that that spot of mm-hmm. challenging for English titles challenging for the Premier League and once Luis Suarez came in oh yeah man then all of a sudden the the atmosphere around Liverpool really started to change because Suarez brought something that no one no other player before him had brought to Liverpool and his partnership with Gerrard was was excellent I mean it's like can you think of another one partnership like that oh no man that Um, was excellent I mean Suarez at Liverpool changed Premier League man because this guy scored amazing goals from all angles, from all kind of ways, and had a very intense winning mentality. Exactly, exactly. You know, like he hates to lose, exactly. and with the leadership of uh, Gerard and uh, perfect combination and good stability in the coaching staff. And I think also I talked about the partnership with him and Gerard, but the partnership Sars got with. Daniel Sturridge, yeah, young, up and coming. You had the ambition and that winning mentality yeah. of Gerard of sorry Suarez and that leadership of Gerard, and then the sort of youthful, youthful um, exuberance of Sturridge. I mean, that was that was exactly what Liverpool needed yeah. to work their way back up. And so then, once that one season came under Brendan Rodgers, everyone remem- ultimately remembers that season for one instance, unfortunate moment, but. The fact remains that Liverpool were, they led the league for most of it. We thought for sure they were finally going to win it after like nearly 30 years or 25 years or something like that. Uh, and in the end, it didn't happen, but they they came in second. And I think they just lost it with like two or three weeks to go to the season. I mean, uh, right on the goal line, really. Uh, do you remember after the game against City that season when the cameras really showed when the Liverpool players got together and you heard Steven Gerrard says, we don't let this slip. Yeah, a lot of emotion in that moment. You know, a lot of emotion, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of like hope and, you know, it was like serious, you know, they were like, at this point, they were like titled contenders. They were, it was theirs to lose at that point. Exactly. And, uh, this moment sums up a uh, like a, after a long season that you're really not believing in it. So let's let's go ahead and hear when Gerard speaks to his teammates.
they were kind of on the peak, right? I mean, right, in form, in, in the stability, they were like on the... And that's when you want to, as a club owner, to kind of, okay, now we're going to build on this because right. now we have a really good foundation. Yeah. Let's build on this and make it for the win next season. But th that didn't happen. No. That no. didn't happen. They sold Suarez. Suarez. <laughs> After the World Cup that year. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, selling Suarez, you know, I understand it was hard to keep him, right? And Barcelona he, comes calling. Yeah, yeah, and he was already, you know, promised to have one season and then leave. But, you know, next season, Liverpool was like... I mean, this is then also Sterling started to be unhappy with the club. Yeah. Gerard was, as much of his leadership he still had, and he still had quality, he was clearly towards the end of his career mm -hmm. and uh and towards MLS. So Liverpool didn't bring in, you're right, they didn't bring it. They had some of the the those players were there, like yeah, Jordan Henderson, uh, who was there at the club, who maybe could be that next Gerard protege, right? Yeah. Uh but ultimately they didn't quite bring in someone to replace the cob of a Suarez. Daniel Sturridge also was uh he couldn't stay healthy. So it's tough for Liverpool to continue on from the heights that they did reach that one that one excellent season, and then the sales of, uh, like you said, Gerard left, mm. um, Suarez was gone. They didn't get the scores, and they sacked Brendan Rodgers. Yep, and all of a sudden, this team that were going for the title and very close sold the best players. Leaders, all of a sudden they're like right back to where they were before. Exactly, like seventh, eighth place, sixth exactly. place, something like that. And that's now where you are in high school again, and kind of like, okay, what, what do I want to study? Right, back to high school again. Now we're back in the <laughs> high school, right? We kind of like try to decide uh, our lives, or these clubs, or these companies, or uh, where we want to head, where we want to go. And kind of put up the goal, I guess, a strategy for it. And uh, they got in Jurgen Klopp. That's right. I have so much respect for Jurgen Klopp. Klopp. I mean, is it the best Klopp. thing that happened to Chelsea since, I don't know, <laughs> for a while time. So what do you, Frank, since would... The, since the Champions League win, I guess. So what do you think Frank would say if he heard this podcast? He would disagree. He'd say exactly what he said. Klopp is, isn't addressing the needs that Liverpool have, and 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 he's not the person to take the club forward. I don't know. And like I said before, I think he's the best person to happen to Liverpool really since the the Champions League win against Milan. I mean, what happened this season? Sorry, what happened this weekend? This past weekend, Liverpool against. Big club, Arsenal. <laughs> it's funny to say. Yeah. Big club, but utterly dominant. Perfect performance. Arsenal were nowhere near them. Liverpool were flying with Mane, with with Salah, and I think most importantly of all, Jordan Henderson has become the captain and has started to take over that Gerrard role, like the next Gerrard. And he was perfect on the day. And Liverpool won 4-0, and Klopp has this club 
with ambition again, yeah. What did Frank say? What did Frank say? He said... Our defense, mate, shambles, terrible, set plays, don't know what, where we're going. We're going backwards in my books, and as far as I'm concerned... Don't say it, Frank. No, no, I just, I just think he's got to go, mate, to be honest. I think <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? No, no, I just, I just think he's got to go, mate, to be honest. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? Frank, what are you talking about, Frank? No, no, I just, I just think he's got to go, mate. <laughs> In 2015, I went to NSCWA, which is a convention for soccer coaches in the U.S. It's mm -hmm. called National Soccer Coaching Association of America. And basically, it's a convention, a trade show, where a lot of soccer companies come and show their products. Right. And at the same time, you have a lot of, a lot of aspiring young coaches, or even old coaches, that came to learn. They had mm -hmm. so many different courses right or uh, workshops so you could go in to understand how we want to build out of the back you could go in to understand the tactics for even 99 I mean there were so many different interesting topics and when I had the schedule I wanted to go all of them but I couldn't because I was working right mm. um, but I really had to take my time to do at least one or two and uh, I did three actually. I went to three different ones. But one of them I want to talk to you about was with Avram Grant mm -hmm. and Stuart Pierce. Avram Grant, former Chelsea manager. Yes. Stuart Pierce, former Middlesbrough manager in England International. Yep, yep. And you know, Stuart Pierce is, uh, you know, he is like a hard. Yeah. Man, you know, like he, that was his playing he's style. A he's a classic English, really defender, I mean, physical, rough. He's like dirty he's like, business. He's defender. like Hibbert, more so than Hibbert. More, Hibbert. <laughs> more so than that. Yeah, oh, even yeah. more, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, he's like Maldini in a sense, mm. but uh, the English, I guess. <laughs> true, true. And Avram Grant. I mean, we don't know that much about Emram Grant, really. I mean, he kind of, to me, popped up from nowhere and took over um, Chelsea. And um, this seminar was about how to prepare for a game. How do you go by with the players who's going to play? How do you put up the schedule? And what are you focusing on? And the day of the game, the day of the game, what are you saying to the players mm. you know so it was very very interesting and learning experience and there were some few questions about how do you handle different megastars right how do you handle disappointments or how do you keep a team intact and uh, you know he he said like honesty you have to be honest. Yeah, I like that. You have to be direct and honest. And if you start like compromising or you know try to motivate by say, yeah, you will get a chance, or you you know, 
it makes it makes it harder for the player. So one time Shevchenko came and uh, he knocked on the door. He went into his office and he said to the boss, uh, he said to the to Abraham Grant that why am I not playing? Shevchenko. You know? Shevchenko, man. I'm just Shevchenko, uh-huh. right? The, the class. That's, I mean, that's, that's how strikers yeah. are. That's what they should be. Yeah. And I, I've been in that situation. Where I've been to my coaches. I went to them like, why am I not playing? So when he told me this story, I was really like, uh, okay, what, what was his answer, right? I mean, my coaches, they had a BS answer, right? But Abraham Grant said... <laughs> From Grant said, Sheva, look, me and my son, we paid to watch you play when you played at Milan. Now, I would not pay. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it's, wow. like, it's like, it's like, right now, you're not good enough. And we have already drove by uh. and you know, <laughs> drove by and uh, Anerica or whatever they had you know what I mean mm. and uh, and a quick other story uh, Sean Red Phillips came and sh- and he <laughs> he asked him he asked him um, why am I not playing uh, do you have a problem with me and Evan Grant said uh, can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah, Abram Grant said, um, "I have no problems with you, your family, your friends. Uh, I have no problem with your soccer. I have no problem whatsoever. But it feels like you have a problem <laughs> with me, since you're asking and you're thinking there is a problem." So what is the problem, to, according to you? <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I took a lot of uh, notes throughout this talk, even with Stuart Pierce and what they have to say. And um, I didn't know that at that time I would coach like today. Nice, nice. I mean, Avram Grant was what he took Chelsea to the Champions League final. Uh, I think they also contested it, just barely missed out on the Premier League title. I think they lost it on the last right. day or so. And yeah. So I'd say it's safe to say he knows his stuff. He knows what yeah, he's probably. doing. He must have been honored to be with him and Stuart Pierce as well. Um, uh, it was li- cool. I mean, listening to that, and you said honesty, that's yeah. one of the, like, the most important things that, that you have to be as a coach, mm-hmm. or that he did as a coach, to manage these players. I think that's something that... that rings true with me without without knowing that story or without any other coaches inspirational coaches to to base it off of i'd say that that's something that i've tried to do as mm-hmm. well with our girls now that we've started coaching um i mean what was it? a couple weeks ago we had a tournament yeah the, our teams yeah and good tournament and i remember i think it was after the last day i think we were driving back mm-hmm. and we pretty much just talked about coaching. Yeah. I mean, we we're, we're still like new coaches, essentially, right. right? Just in our first year, year and a half. Right. So we're still like new coaches. So it was like we just talked about coaching in general. Um, uh, that tournament was 
after spending all of last season being pretty much your assistant, which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. Uh, your assistant, you're the head guy. Yeah. This one's were a bit more like even. You're the head of one team. I'm the head of another team. Yeah. Kind of share it. So this was my first tournament, my first games as like being the head guy. Exactly. For a couple of them. Exactly. Um. So I mean, just going over that was was. So I mean, we just talked about that, and I thought it was pretty interesting discussion it got me thinking i, I want to bring that into the show okay i'll bring that topic into the show how do you like how we like like basically when we discussed about like our own style so even that we evaluated ourselves yeah and gave each other tips and stuff i mean i think that's smart seeing as we are both new yeah at it so i mean <laughs> i don't want to say let's right dive right in but i mean I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. What this is now? You've now done one full year as coaching, I believe. Yes. Uh, how would you say you are? How would you say you manage the girls? How would you say if 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 someone came up, if one of our girls came up to you mm-hmm. and asked, "Why aren't I playing? <laughs> Why aren't I playing more?" <laughs> how would you? How do you think you would answer it? You could say the same thing that Avangram said too, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, honesty, best policy, is the best policy. <laughs> but at the same time, I think honesty is the hardest. That's true. You know, like it's really hard to be straight up and honest, and because you're afraid to hurt the feelings, you don't go out in school and hurt people's feelings. Right. And when it comes to kids, man, I um. Don't tell them that they are not good enough. Mm-hmm. I have a situation where exactly what you said is uh, could be implemented in. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have we have a tournament coming up this weekend, right? And I said to one girl that she would play in it, but now I had changed my mind, and uh, I sent basically email to her parents. And I'm gonna talk to her tomorrow's practice, and it's basically that I don't think I've been thinking a lot about this, and I come to the conclusion that this tournament is not the right place to give her the chance to be a goalie. Mm-hmm. I'd rather give her the chance in the season than put in put her in this uh, intense game matches. I'm afraid that if something bad will go, that will crush her confidence and she would quit as a goalie and we don't want that so but f- when the season when we st- once we start the season she will get time to be goalie in the elite team mm. so i'm kind of like uh telling why but i also try to add in a encouragement or at least a motivation and instead of say hey you're not ready you're not good enough i try to leave it with a little bit more hope because I believe that she will do some games yeah when the season comes yeah and um, I'm I'm when I see something man I, I tell it you know I tell it and then I kind of look at if they listening or not listening so mm. even in practices when they do something wrong when they go down in the level I'm quick to remind them a little bit like whisper in the ear hey I know you can do better than that and then when she does it, I'm like, go there and like, yes, that's it. I knew you could do it. Do it exactly like that every time. All right. Thank you. Right. You know, 
and um, that's kind of my style. What that, about that sort of encouragement? Uh, a lot, yeah. a lot, yeah, a lot. I want to give them more motivation than discourage them. You know, right? How do you feel about when girls are coming, like in groups and talking uh... and? you know not listening or running around and it's kind of hard sometimes to bring them together or yeah. make them listen to you right like how uh, how do you feel when that happens so what do you think or to do basically uh i feel troubled that's a that's what i'm gonna say mm. but i don't want it to be like it's all doom and gloom or anything like that but it comes first it comes with the territory uh, of not just coaching it could be coaching a lot of people they get excited uh, we coach uh, young girls they're excited they have a lot of energy yeah maybe they had school earlier in the day so yeah. they're glad to come to soccer and uh, unwind mm -hmm. so they are very excited and electric and up and down and I like the enthusiasm I like the energy for the most part I like um uh that they pretty much always we always get a lot of we have a lot of girls to coach and we have 30 girls 30 totally. girls and like 95% to most practices 95% of them come yeah uh which is great to see it's great to see when they when you say troubled so when i say troubled i mean when it's time for them to listen mm -hmm. it's time for uh, us to gather around and you know maybe I'll say something maybe you'll say something yeah and I see some girls quiet listening to what we have to say yeah. and others you know are are still jumping around or or not giving it their full attention right which it just it's to expect it's understandable mm -hmm. but why I'm troubled because I then look back at the girls that are listening yeah and I feel so bad for them because they're trying to listen they're trying to get better they're trying to learn and it's a lot harder for them to do that and it's a lot harder for me to to teach them and teach everyone once you know the other half of the group is yeah. it's just messing around not taking it seriously yeah. right so that's what that's what I'm in my trouble because it's probably the I've been thinking about this probably the what would get me what gets under my skin the most mm -hmm. and i don't i won't get pissed or anything like that no no it's, it's, yeah yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i've never seen you mad or anything like it <laughs> but what certainly i guess upsets me the yeah. most is that there are those that are trying to and they're not you know they're they aren't having fun because everyone else is messing around everyone else may be having fun great they're having fun they're messing around they're having a good time great who might have take away from their good time mm -hmm. But once that comes at the detriment of other people that are trying to have fun their own way and they can't, then that just gets under my skin. So that's what I mean by trouble, I guess. And you, you said something very interesting that a lot of youth coaches or youth teams have a issue with. I mean, it's not a major problem, but it comes down to the group that are not really focused. Mm. You don't want to you don't want to abandon them right you don't yeah. want to diss them you don't want to give them not attention 
and you know they yeah, have you to don't want to like separate you them don't want to separate the, them you don't right. want to you want to still include everyone as a team and i think most of the, most of the youth coaches have this issue where they have hard time to actually get them engaged get them listening get them learning and instead of doing it they kind of a little bit play with it mm. you know what i mean they kind of let it happen mm. Like, you know, they're gonna run around and talk, so you can talk to this group, and then eventually they get into the drill, but never really learn, you know? And um, for me, sometimes I feel like I am like the almost like a cop. Because, I, you know, I, I focus, I do, usually I do the elite, right? Yeah. And, uh, so I feel like we have set already a level of discipline and a level of acceptance of having fun. Mm -hmm. And once that doesn't happen over here, okay, I guess it's the same. Like it gets under my skin too, mm -hmm. you know? And um, <clears throat> what I try to do then is like, I'm going there and I stop it and then I, tell what to do how to do it why we're doing it and then i try to set it again with a little bit more you know a little bit break but still kind of watch over the girls you know what i mean so kind of put them back into the yeah, the level that we want to be in and instead of letting them do it yeah i'll take charge and do it but with that said i feel like a cop sometimes because uh, it happens very often i mean it can be happen so often mm. you and, feel like and i don't want to do it so often like every time you speak it's you know scolding or something like that yeah mm. and uh, that's not really my style mm. you know okay and uh, so that's why like i want to be a little bit more balanced when it comes to to that but I also know that I cannot allow that to happen either yeah so what's the way to get out around it that's a good question one that I at the moment don't have the answer to because actually I think I'm if anything I lean more towards the other way where I try not to just let them you know have their way mm -mm. but I feel like I am lacking a little bit because I want to be I want to be their their coach but at the same time i want to be their friend yeah so i want to have a good time with them right uh but i sometimes i lack i don't, I don't think always but sometimes i feel like i lack that maybe that sense of strictness mm -hmm. a little bit even once i'm trying to be strict <laughs> i mean i told you in the car i was like i yeah. try but <laughs> it's just i naturally am not that strict at the same time and to be credit to to our team yeah they for the most part they are excellent they mm -hmm. they they have a good time of course we have to you know we have to get them back on the right track yeah. every now and then again but i think they i couldn't be, ask for much a much better team especially for new coaches it's yeah. nice they do make it not so difficult like Definitely, pretty, yeah. they make it a lot yeah. easier for us yeah um, lucky in that sense, man. Really, I wonder if I expect too much from them. In that, 
okay, I can just, I can count on them to, I can, if I'm working with two groups or something, I can count on this group to do the job. Mm-hmm. I show them the drill and then they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then I can turn my back on them because I know they're going to do it. Uh, and so then I can work with the other group. I wonder if that, I expect that a bit too much. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I think they do still need I think so. That guidance. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because, uh, you know... That's what I want from them. Yeah. But I don't... I think they're not quite ready to... Step you know. up like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would love it if we could... They could do a drill and they could relax while they do the drill. Yes. They could enjoy themselves while they do the drill. Right. But each time they're doing... The, they're still doing the drill. Exactly. I mean, that's how it was for... I don't know about you, but definitely for me, once I once I was growing up and playing, I mean, we could do drills. Depending on the drill, we could do drills and still, you know, joke around or we'll talk or to each other, talk to each other yeah, about yeah, yeah. school or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but maybe at this stage, they can't. I don't know. If I I want them to be able to do that, but maybe they're not ready to do both at the same time. But you know, it's also isn't it also like um, the expectations of what a coach kind of is you know like um i mean i sometimes expect you to get them like disciplined or like lower their energy level you know what i mean yeah and uh, and why do i have it it's because i have it myself you Mm. know what i mean i have it myself so i i kind of expected that you to do it as well but at the same time, I know that uh, my coaching style is not exactly like your coaching yeah, style. Right. And my coaching style doesn't fit everyone. Mm. And uh, yet, there's a lot of benefits with my style and your yeah, style. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think us working together is good because our I think our coaching styles, they... They're different, but they go together. They complement each Definitely. other. I think we complement each other. So how would you say yours is then? I mean... I think I can get them to uh, relax mm-hmm. and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think they... You know, you know, I think they're comfortable around me. Yeah. And... Um, they're not comfortable around me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're comfortable around you too. Yeah. Um... But I you know they can come to me for for anything. It's like I'm a, a mentor as what a coach should be, like mentor or someone that they can look up to. Yeah. Um, but I'd say my style is having them do the work while still, uh, you know, I guess while still enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I bet a lot of people say. Mm-hmm. But that's all I can think of at the moment. What about you? <laughs> my style. Yeah. My style is um, I go in between those roles. Like um, uh, I set the bar, I set the bar pretty high. I speak a lot. Mm. I talk a lot. I have a, a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, a lot of like, encouragement, and talking to them all the time and keep it going. You know, keep the I, I praise them a lot. And sometimes I stop the stop the drill to show small things, and then again. So I always try to keep it um, a good high level in the drills or in the skill set that we're doing. And as soon as it kind of lowers, I'm quickly there to remind everyone again. And then 
and in between, I am also like their friend. Yeah. Like today, I mean, mm-hmm. before the practice. Mm, yeah, I saw. You know, what did we do? I mean, the music the, was playing. The music was playing. You tell me, man. The music was playing. And uh, <laughs> you, you tell me. Uh, I was dancing and I said to one girl, hey, let's dance. Come on, let's dance. And then I pointed to the next girl. The sudden, you know, it was like five girls and me dancing. Right. So going from that to going to be like strict or disciplined or expecting like, this is what we want to hear. They hear a change on my tone. Yeah. So that kind of sets a type of uh, level. And I feel really comfortable in that role. I think that's good too. So I'd say one difference between us is I would like that sort of that energy, uh, you know, be their friend to continue from before practice, Mm -hmm. through practice Mm -hmm. and the end of practice. Mm -hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. When yours was you have this is the time to be friendly and mess around and this is the time to practice and they're two separate things whereas i want ideally i mean it's tough for me like i said but ideally i would like for them to be for those two concepts to be together throughout you have them two separate things yes yes i think they're both good ideally Yes, I um, think I think you put it on. You 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 had you want to have the combination throughout. Yeah, right. While for me it's uh, playing time here. Right. Okay, when you take the water break. Yep. And yep. when we rest. After practice. After practice. Right. So we get the you know, and there is both ways, both styles are like perfectly okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everything we do is okay even the work you do at home or the work you go to or school like everything you do it really is okay you know i mean everything is okay so what i mean is um i don't really feeling like i am doing a bad job because good i see improvement yeah you know i see that we're reaching to the goal we're reaching to what we want to achieve so i don't feel like we're doing a bad job and with that, I don't really criticize myself in the yeah. work we do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think it's very important that you can evaluate yourself. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you oh, can yeah. kind of look at yourself and say, okay, you know, I, I said to Kerry many times, like, uh, man, I think I was a little bit too harsh. And Kerry, you, you said like, uh, no, no, I think it was... Mm. I think it was good, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know stuff that's like that. I, that's when I would say I think I probably wasn't harsh enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So. so we're really helping each other out, which is really yeah. good. Man. Although it's hit me, I'm actually more experienced than you are, even though you've been coaching at uh, uh, at the club we are now, DDY, longer than than me. But I did coach assistant, at least assistant coach, Assistant. at my high school for two or three years before. So. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, you are excellent assistant coach, man. <laughs> I am. I am. I mean, I think it's perfect for me, assistant yeah. coach. But being a head coach is is fun too. Um, I mean, I'm getting a new coaching job. Yeah, I know. And don't ask me to be your assistant coach. You don't want to be assistant coach. <laughs> I don't think so. Probably I mean, not. I I will um, 
take over a high school soccer team boys that's right and um, I'm really looking forward to this challenge too it's gonna be really fun I'm curious for it too actually yeah. just because I'm curious to see my high school is a new high school yeah uh, a lot of the players relatively new high school a lot of the, the team was brand new I, I don't remember if I mentioned it on the show or not but like me and my best friend started the team I love it and so a lot of the players I the, love it that uh, were on the team were pretty much new to soccer. Yeah, uh, it wasn't super competitive like a lot of other bigger, more established schools. So I'm curious. I think the high school you're about to mm-hmm. coach at is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been out there. We play there. Yeah, we've seen some of the guys out there. Yeah. Some, I've seen some really good ones. Yeah, I've seen some that definitely are newer. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how it compares I, to my school. <laughs> I mean, you're curious about how I will would take this team to championship. I'd be amazed to see that. I mean, I can look back at the school and look at the, you know the players they had, or even I think they lost the best player to a different school, you know. And um, I can see the placements from before, and and see how you know the record is not that great, you know. But I also know that this is a big school. Mm. And I'm sure I can find 25 players for a squad. Yeah. And with the right schedule of training, I really believe that we can, I mean, not win, but making making to a better result than the year before mm. is achievement itself. Yeah. And yeah. that's something to build on. So it's actually a friend of ours, Edson, that mm-hmm. me and him going to help. Out, we're gonna do it together. I like that what you're saying now because there's confidence. Edson's also a confident guy, so the confidence that we've talked about a lot on this show with players, how important it is, coaches applies the exact same way. The confidence you can't do anything, uh, uh, you can't reach new heights without any confidence, and not just players but coaches as well. Real fast because I want to finish the thought I was saying for us because we are relatively new, yeah, I feel we. We should do our best, of course, and always, and you know, strive to do better. But I'd say because we're new, we don't have to get too, we don't have to get too upset of ourselves because it's still like a learning. It's always a learning curve, but particularly for us, you're right. I don't feel too much you're pressure. Right. You're right. Um, um, you're right. For me, you're right, and I, I agree. You know, and that, that's sometimes how I try to come back a little bit. You know, like yeah. take it easy a little bit. Um, but I have that winning desire like not that I'm going to win so hard uh, you know like that super one but I have that maybe it's not the really I, I have that expectation of like you have to give your best that's yeah. what they taught yeah. us you know like as long as you give, give did your best and you lost, then you can say I did my best. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of what we grow grow up with, you yeah. know, and uh, kind of came with me in my playing style. Well, I wanted to open it up to other coaches and how how they coach. How do you think their style is? I mean, we people analyze Mourinho a lot, yeah, and his the way his his methods are and stuff. So yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on Mourinho. Mourinho, you look look up to him. I mean, Mourinho to me is a very personal coach. You know, he's very 
curve with the individuals and he gets to know them each very well and by the fact that he knows them that well he knows what they get triggered by what to talk to them to uh, what to talk to them or how to talk to them or yeah. how to give them motivation and i think ibrahimovic wrote in his book that um, you know in the halftime Mourinho came to ibra and said hey what price did you win this weekend and he said like best foreign player in Serie A. you can take it and give it to your mom because you doesn't show that at all you know and ibra is, is he comes from that part where i'm going to show you yeah. I'm going to really show you and um, uh, he went in and man he scored goals you know so he knows on each player kind of like how they work and how they are and um, that's kind of like with me too you know like I'm hoping that I can give that motivation the encouragement based on what the player likes yeah so I really you know um, I'm trying to do that too I was just thinking of uh, Ibrahimovic and mm-hmm. Mourinho, their relationship, because, uh, and you know more about Ibrahimovic than me, the fact that yeah, Mourinho he is so personal with uh, all the pl- all all his players, and he really gets to know them, and they get to know him. And when I think of Ibrahimovic, mm-hmm. I think of this guy doesn't want to be second to anybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. I'm sure he has his idols. He had his idols growing up, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but he wants to be the top of the top. Yeah. And everyone is, should be looking up to him. Yeah. But then I hear about these stories of how much Ibrahimovic really looks up to Mourinho. Yeah. I find that that really has to say a lot about Mourinho and his character and his mentor, his leadership abilities right? to have Ibrahimovic yeah. <laughs> look up to him like that, yeah. revere him like that. Because... It's very hard to, with someone like that caliber of Ibrahimovic, it's hard to go to him and tell him what to do. Yeah. But Mourinho has that capacity of like telling Ibrahimovic, even at this point, what to do. Lukaku or players like Pogba or a young kid like Rashford coming up. He has that respect. Mm-hmm. And the respect part is where I think I will have problem with or I don't really know how to require that respect you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. respect in this sense is like okay I'm listening to you I'm taking you in and not just show it off right and I feel with my coaching leadership is that the respect you know get that going pretty quick Mm. and uh, that's something I will have to work on and I really believe with this new coaching opportunity, it will yeah. teach me yeah. that part, you that's know? Good. So uh, that's kind of what I picked from Mourinho, you know? And obviously when he came into the stage, he was very cocky, right? There is um, this one video when he took over Chelsea. This is like his one of the early, early team talk with the Chelsea team, mm-hmm. you know? And he comes in with this kind of mentality or attitude yeah after that the last defensive block is the three attackers against the four defenders so defensively is easy to analyze is easy to control and you cannot concede goals playing the, the, the playing this way we have to play for a result they play for a result we have to play for a result 
we cannot lose again. I'm not putting pressure on you about uh, we have to win. I don't want to put that kind of, of pressure, but we cannot lose. We cannot lose. And when you look at the different coaches, historically or even current ones, uh, which one would you say that you are more similar to or you would like to be more of? I mean, it's weird to say this because they're at the top of the top. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, uh, when I play, I, I feel like I play similar to Neymar. <laughs> but uh, when coaching, I will say from what I can see, Zidane as as probably the guy that I'm looking at, I'm most intrigued by because I think he's similar-ish to me. And first, can I just say how it's strange before... Like three years ago, mm-hmm. I would have talked about my soccer idols growing up. I would talk about like Thierry Henry, how he, he's my favorite player of all time. Uh, and also how much Messi, my parents could tell how much Messi influenced me growing up. But now that I've started in coaching for nearly a year, yeah, uh, uh, how I'm now thinking of, oh, my coaching idols, <laughs> <laughs> which is different but still similar in some way. But, so you uh, have new ones now? Or like you have, all of a sudden you have... Like, now you have new idols, basically, that you look up yeah, to more. Yeah, I mean, I still, obviously, respect Henri. <laughs> totally. Um, he's now assistant coach of Belgium, right? <laughs> he is. But, uh, but, yeah, now I have, it's like it's almost like I'm a kid all over again. Mm, watching soccer, and I have beautiful. these new idols to look up to. Uh, this time of the coaching variety. But, yeah, I'd say Zidane, who, one, it's interesting because he's also a relatively new coach. Yeah. What, just nearly two years? Zidane as a player was known for how kind of reserved and quiet he was. Very, very elegant. Very elegant, but he tried to... He didn't try to, like, get in the limelight. He didn't try to heap in no. all of this uh, uh, all this attention. Yeah. Which, I think that's, like, me completely. I don't think Zidane has changed that much from once he was a player. I think he still is, you know, kind of reserved and calm. Nice composed. guy. Yeah, nice guy. It's just funny because... You know, a couple incidents where Zidane wasn't the nice guy, yeah. right? But yeah. I wonder if he has changed a little bit. If coaching has changed him a little bit to be a bit more aggressive, for lack of a better word. Because I don't know if you need that for coaching, but right off the bat, showing your, you know, stamping your authority on them, showing them that you're the guy, you're the boss, I think is, like I said, I think that is important. That is essential I mean, to coaching. That's what's going on at Real Madrid. All those players are looking up to him. Yeah. All those players are respecting him. They're listening to him. And he has his own idea of playing. And he has been a, one of the best players of all time. Zidane. Yeah, right. You know? And uh, having that playing experience, that level, winning World Cup, Euros, Champions League, as a player, and... Uh, be a coach, you have everything you need, you mm. know? It's just, can you be that coach, right? Can right. you be that manager? Right. And Zidane, you know, being a captain, had a lot of responsibility, and uh, he knows his game more than all of us, right? Mm. So, really set the tone. And... Uh, Did he have to, you think? Did he have to come in there and maybe do some sort of speech where he was 
I don't think you have intense. to. You don't think so. You think because everyone knows who Zidane is. So you think he just walked I mean, he in was and people the instantly assistant were like, coach for Ancelotti. That's true. That's true. So, so yeah. I think he was already like in it. Yeah, that's true. You know, he was like very natural somehow, you know. They're already listening to him. Mm. And um, other coaches that have a similar background to Zidane, Conte, you know, also a champion, right? Also a long time Italian national player. Yeah legend as a player for Juventus yeah. and uh, being a Italian soccer so long in the high level and now we all see what he has done with Juventus as a coach yep. and what he has done with Chelsea too last mm-hmm. season and it pops up more and more of these uh, coaches that have a training background a playing background which is funny because I mentioned this in that car ride after the uh, tournament. I've seen a lot of debates on whether or not former players could be could make it as top notch former co- yeah. top notch coaches. Yeah, you have your Inzaghi's, Gattuso, exactly. Inzaghi's, right? Uh, the, the, they all Jurgen tried Klinsmann, it, you, Jurgen I mean, yes. So that just Diego Maradona. Yeah, uh, I mean, you have these absolute legends that they then as players that then tried coaching and they they failed uh, they failed pretty much yeah yeah and so then a lot of people say you know i don't think play for i don't know why they say this but players can't make it as coaches but then at the same you just get the odd one here and there because you have your johan cruyff who's a legend uh who else is someone else ancelotti man ancelotti yeah, uh, yeah. who was who's a top class player so i guess you get these occasional ones that's what they thought but now, like you're saying, it seems that's become the trend to have former players, former big players yeah. as coaches. I mean, that that's when we kind of come back again, you know, to someone like Mourinho or Klopp. They are very, like, team-orientated, but also individuals. And you can look at the game from this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you can look at this game from this weekend. You see, all the Liverpool players have high energy. They run a lot. They try to create. And you have leaders that speaks up, Emery John Henderson, you know. And you have the exactly same type on the side in Jurgen Klopp. Right. Right. Mourinho... A guy that came to take United to its glories after like three really shitty years, made the Europa League, came to Champions League, and bought in the last puzzles, which is Lukaku, and now they also signed Ibrahimovic that would join. Yeah, he's he's back. He's coming back, and uh, he's all about winning. He is the special one. He's all about winning. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember the first press conference at United. He said like... Uh, he said like... Man, you remember all of these early Mourinho... Early Chelsea first press conference at United. <laughs> the, the interesting Do you remember one. his first press conference yeah. at Inter too? I actually don't know, but I know his last one. <laughs> I know his last one. But at the first one at United, he really kind of set the bar, man. He, he, he said that... Uh, uh, well, he said, like, uh, there are coaches that haven't won in 10 years. And you can look at my... I wonder who he's talking about. 
you can looking at my what I, I have done the last 10 years I mean I want a title a year ago so I don't have anything to prove I'm all about winning and then you look at the field what kind of play they have this year after just three games mm. you have uh, you have confidence you have belief you have this winning mentality you have this trust for each other in the squad and and Mourinho just praising the team and saying how amazing they are right now you know exactly the coach you have the same type of mentality on the pitch yeah right right in these two cases and then we have Mr. Wenger we have Wenger that the past 10 years been very consist in his consistency consistent in his consistency he's been very consist consistent consist is no word no consistent Uh, consistent consistent He's Hashem. Nobody told me that before, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's been very consistent in his inconsistency, and uh, the past couple of years it has been such a big disagreement among the fans and how the club is run and the players. And last year it was a nightmare where most of the fans wanted him gone, but he ended up signing two-year deal this lack of communication to the fans the board is not doing anything they don't show with the transfer what they want there is no will there is no goal and this club is not going where the rest of the teams are trying to do is to win and like a coach you have also the players it's that easy I mean yeah I mean you have you really want to all the Arsenal players to like really step up, right? Really do their best, really give everything they, you know, and surprise us with like all of it, you know? We want them to do it, but it doesn't, if they're not getting that from Wenger, if they're not getting that from the coach, then they're not gonna get that on the field, yeah. They're gonna do it on the field while the manager just sits there. Yeah, that's kind of asking a lot. I mean, sometimes they do it, but that's, uh, it all it does. You're saying it does start with the manager, then totally, mm. totally, and uh, that's why we hoping that we can set that level as well. Yeah, and um, everybody, please scream Wenger out. <laughs> no, what better way to end this episode than with some words of winning mentality? From the Thank special one himself, the happy one, special one, Ooh. whichever. We will keep reminding you about the fundamentals that we want to teach and you want that we want you to learn. And uh, we need to keep reminded so you kind of so you know it sticks with you. Really sticks with you. And I see a lot of you girls are doing really fast. Yeah. The third episode of and our yeah, second season. Really has come to an end but we will be back next week same day and same time and until then we wish you all the best and all the blessings thank you thank you for listening to us and king soccer podcast show i did it you did i could i cracked myself up
Oh man. Hope you enjoy it. You like it? Yeah. yeah. It, it's these, fun, pra- right? these practices yeah. are for fun and fast paced, hard work fun. But as long as you remember that we're not here to hurt anybody else, we're just here to have fun. We don't want to get too angry or harp on anyone. We don't want anyone to get hurt because then that ruins all the fun. So, so it was good. Just I hope you guys remember that. This type of soccer is where you actually learn most. And uh, we cannot require for you to play, you know, after school or recess hours. But really when you have a time to dribble or when you have time to kind of like street soccer, where you use your own imagination, that's when you learn most. And I'm happy that we had this facility to do that. But also, if you have a chance with friends after school, just kick it. Just play. And that will help a lot, too. Thank you so much, Coach Kerry. Anything? Nothing else for me. Thank you, girls. Give each other a big applause. Well done. See you all tomorrow. Who's going to chase this ball now? Me? Huh? Me? Oh, no. I thought I had something from you. How come, how come it's me? Why? Thank you, Sky. Look at what Sky just did. Thank you. That's how it should be.